I'm Jessica Randolph, and welcome to the How to Buy a House podcast, where we empower you to invest in real estate and start building wealth for yourself. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and we're going to teach you how to do it right. Your host, Jessica Randolph, is an HGTV designer, a top realtor for over 10 years, winner of the National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30 Award, Rookie of the Year, number 11 realtor on social media in Tennessee, and most importantly, the founder of the How to Buy a House class. Jessica, take it away. What's up, guys? It's Jessica. I'm coming from a cloudy day in Nashville, but I'm so excited for today's episode. We have got an amazing co-host for you, and we're going to be covering a topic that is very important when you're thinking about buying a home, and that is the home inspection. And whether you've bought three homes or you've never bought a home before, the home inspection, in my opinion, is one of the most important things to know about and to be educated on because it is something that can cost a lot of money if you're not. Um, So we're going to be talking about what is a home inspection, How do I pick the right home inspector? What are big things to look out for? What are some red flags? And then what happens after I find out what's wrong with the house? And we have a lot of information to get through today. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I am so excited to have Avery Bullock on the podcast with us today. Avery is a top realtor in the Houston area, and she's a lifelong Houstonian, making her the local expert on Houston and the market trends happening down there and all there is to know about all the cool neighborhoods and offerings in the Houston area. Avery is known for her distinct negotiating skills, and she creates a high-touch and hands-on experience for all of her clients. She also happens to have a fabulous sense of humor. (laughs) We are so excited to get to spend time with Avery today. Avery, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great, Avery. How are you? Oh my gosh, doing so good. Yeah. It looks like you have a beautiful sunny day in Houston. Yeah. It's like sunny in one corner and gloomy in another, which is totally normal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We are very hilly here in Nashville, so I only get like one part of the sky, which is why we don't get great sunsets. So if it's cloudy, it's cloudy everywhere, but we can't see because I mean, Texas is pretty flat, so you guys can probably see for a while. Yeah, I feel like from here I can see probably like 20 miles in any direction. That's awesome. I can see like a quarter of a mile away from my house and that's about (laughs) it. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the episode today. We are going to be talking about, I would say probably one of the biggest and hardest things to go through with buying a house is the inspection. And a lot of people are like, what is a home inspection? So Avery and I are going to kill the chaos today and talk about what are big things to look out for, what are reasons to walk away from buying a house, and what are some common misconceptions when looking at a home inspection. And we're going to talk about um, kind of the different things to look out for in your area. Um, So we're just going to cover it all today. So I'm psyched. But before we do that, Avery, I would love to get to know you a little bit more and for our audience to get to know you a little bit more. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and why you got into real estate and kind of the heart behind your career? So I haven't been in real estate for that long formally. I got licensed um, at the beginning of 2020, pre-pandemic, like in February, (laughs) and it all ended up working really beautifully. I had originally decided to get into real estate. It's sort of a family business for me. My grandfather um, was real or is a real estate developer. My mom's first job out of high school was managing her dad's properties, um, apartment complexes, and then she later became a realtor. My grandmother's a broker. So it's always been in the back of my mind, but it wasn't until 2020 that I actually decided to go ahead and get licensed and kind of 
pursue my passion as a career because I, you know, I grew up going and looking at open houses and just loving it. So I've been at it for like two years now and it's been pretty much bliss. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and you are one of our newer teachers, but um, when I first started to get to know you, I just loved your energy. And I feel like as a first time home buyer, I would feel so comfortable with you representing me and fighting on my behalf. And that's so important when looking for a realtor. So if you are in the Houston area, definitely give Avery a call. She's amazing. So let's go ahead and get into it. So home inspections. We've talked a lot in different episodes about getting up to the point of actually doing a home inspection, but you have to be under contract for the most part if you're going to do a home inspection. There are people that do home inspections before they make an offer on a house. If you're lucky enough to do that, it's great. The risk is that you won't get that money back if you don't get the house. And you also won't get that money back if you are under contract, but there's a little bit more skin in the game because hopefully you get the house at the end of it. But what a home inspection is, is basically kind of like taking your car into a repair shop and them doing a very thorough inspection about what's happening underneath the hood. Home inspectors come to the house and their job is to find everything wrong. Their job is to also protect themselves to make sure they don't get sued because the homeowner's like, oh my gosh, there's a dead body in the backyard and you didn't find that, you didn't tell me. Um, so home inspectors are, they're looking out for the home buyer, but they are also looking out for themselves. Wouldn't you agree with that, Avery? Oh yeah, 100%. So you need, you need to kind of take take what they say with a grain of salt, but you want to definitely hire somebody who is licensed and has very high ratings on Yelp that has good reviews. Um, someone that's highly recommended from your realtor is very important and somebody that has a reputation they want to maintain in that area. So I've been using the same inspector for over 10 years. He's incredible. He's extremely thorough, which is a good thing. And his reports are always very long and they're like 30 pages. So the first step, once you go under contract, obviously you turn in your earnest money. But the next thing you would do is you would get the home inspected and you would find out everything that's wrong with the house. So they'll get on your roof. They'll look at your electrical. They go through your crawl space, your basement, outside to inside. They're looking at how well has this house been maintained? What's the integrity of the build of this house? And is this something that I would recommend you buying? And here's everything that you should look out for with this home. It's kind of like you're engaged, but you're not married yet. So you're like, okay, I need to like make sure this is the right decision. Um, if only there was a home inspection for your future spouse, right? Okay. Is that premarital counseling? Going on like a European vacation. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> with your parents. Then it would be like the ultimate test. Okay. Like, how are you going to deal with my mother? How are you going to deal with this, you know, with my dad? And um, yeah, I love that analogy. So you get a report of like, here's everything that's going on. And a lot of times, and I don't know for you, Avery, you can speak to this. A lot of times, I would say probably most of the time, my home buyers get so freaked out. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't buy this house. Look at this crazy photo of like this old wiring underneath the floorboards. And I'm like, yeah, that's called knob and tube wiring. Nothing to be afraid of. I know it looks like it's from World War II, probably because it is. <laughs> Doesn't mean that the house is in bad shape. So the pictures are going to look nasty. There's spider webs, there's trash. Again, there are pictures with the report and a lot of people get freaked out by the photos. Avery, what's been your experience with your home buyers? Like, how is it down in Houston? I know you guys have a lot of new construction. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of new construction. And so the experience of going through, I, I think a lot of people don't know that you actually do have to inspect even brand new houses. And it's crazy that anything would be wrong. But just like with anything, builders look over things um, and miss stuff and the good news and 
dealing with a new build is you can usually get them to go back and fix almost everything, which is not the case with an older home, right? And we do have older homes here. And I think when new buyers especially look at an inspection report from an older home and see every single item marked as deficient, <laughs> they get really freaked out. But, um, you know, I think it's important making sure that you have your realtor go with it go through the inspection report with you because just like you said with the knob and tube wiring, I mean, there are things that turn up on every single home inspection for homes of a certain age. And so it can be really scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I used to work for a home builder and I originally got into real estate because I loved historic properties, but then I started selling and designing new properties. And you'd be amazed. Some of these older homes that I sold and helped renovate were in way better condition structurally than these new builds. Actually, some of these new builds in Nashville, it's really sad. But um, And if you're in a new build, don't be afraid. There are always things you can do to help support the structure of your home. But a lot of these houses that are just thrown up in Nashville have a lifespan of about 30 years, which means we will probably see them torn down or flipped within our lifetime, which is crazy. Versus my Nana who bought a 1920 stone cottage in Chicago and it's been there for a hundred years and it's almost in the same or better condition than it was when it was built. And it's been through so much and it's still in great shape. And the materials that were used when they were built back in the day were just more solid. They weren't manufactured. It was super thick natural lumber that was locally sourced and bricks that were forged on the property um, versus something you would buy from Home Depot. So it's just knowing the difference of buying a new home and an old home is super important. And just because something's old doesn't necessarily mean it's bad quality. So yeah, whether you're buying new construction or old, old historic builds, you definitely want to get a home inspection. And you're right, Avery, with a lot of new builds, builders are willing to fix anything that comes up on the report. So that's super good to know if you are under contract on something that's new or if you're building a new house, definitely get an inspection report and bring that report to the builder and say, hey, Mr. Builder, here's everything the inspector found. And because this is a new house, we're expecting you to take care of it and make sure that your realtor is negotiating on your behalf. But we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about the negotiating part. Let's go back to when you get that inspection report back from your home inspector checking it out. I've seen so much on these reports. And I will say for me, maybe we can go through Avery, what like to me would be deal killers. Okay. If there's something wrong with the window that can be fixed. If there's something wrong in the kitchen and we've got a leaky sink that can be fixed. Things for me that I would say are like, whoa, we really need to address this is anything that's like structural or anything that is compromising the integrity of the home. So any water intrusion that's coming in through the foundation, if there's water intrusion coming through a basement, if there is something going on with an exterior wall, anything like that to me is a big red flag and we need to address it. I actually, this past year, I had a house that my inspector inspected and he called me and he goes, Jessica, I wouldn't even let a mouse live in this house. The floor was supported by old historic doors and not like solid doors. Somebody had taken like old French doors with like all the glass panes and used that to support the house. <laughs> And I told my buyer, I'm like, we need to run. We need to run away. I'm so sorry. And she was really bummed. But that was probably the worst I've ever seen. What about for you, Avery? What would you say in Houston would be a deal killer? You know, we have a lot of like three-story. They're not technically townhomes, but they're those like three-story homes on small lots um, that a lot of new buyers end up in because they're affordable and they're in like the cool part of town. And they have gone up in like the last 20 years and most of them are made with stucco on the outside. 
And when you get water intrusion behind the stucco, you're looking at like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in repairs. So sometimes it's not that bad. Sometimes it can be easily fixed. But big stucco problems. I've I've told people to walk. I I had one house last year that it was a stucco home, and then it was built with like styrofoam. It was like cement and styrofoam, and it's like you know I think it's like a hip new material that people were using for a while, but. It was just like I, the inspector that I talked to said that the whole front of the house was about to fall off. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's bad walkway. And you know, to fix it would have been like thirty, forty thousand dollars and for the price of the home it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I also have seen stucco issues. We don't have a lot of stucco here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big problems we have here is Nashville, like I was just talking about, is super hilly. Mm-hmm. And what you don't know is that basements are super hard to come by because Nashville's built on solid limestone. So if you go to like dig a grave in the ground, it would take you a long time and you'd probably need to use some sort of drill of some sort because we are on solid rock. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to dig. And so for that reason, basements are super expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that comes with that is um, the hills move, like the land moves. And so I remember one time we were doing a renovation in um, West Nashville, and we found out that the foundation wall that this old ranch was built on was moving. And we had to completely redig around this foundation, su- resupport that foundation wall, um, and put all that soil back. And it was like a $40,000 job. Yeah. Completely took all the profit of the build. And you just don't realize that. You're like, oh, I'm building, I'm buying a house on a hill. That foundation wall can move over time because you're building on natural resources with a lot of natural materials and stuff is going to move and change. Yeah. So that's why home inspections are so important and knowing what to look out for. But yeah, the structural stuff here in Nashville is big. Another issue we have here is called radon. Do you guys deal with radon in Houston? No, not really. I mean, I know what it is just from my training, but I haven't ever come across a deal that's had radon issues. Yeah. So um, it's important to know no matter what part of the country you're in, what are certain things that are issues? Uh, Maybe if you live in Florida, you're really concerned with flooding and where are the flood zones? That's something that we we deal with here in Nashville. We've got a big river called the Cumberland, and we do deal with flooding, and we had a huge flood in 2010. So flood zones are important here, even though we're not near the ocean um, or near marshes. But something that we are concerned about is radon. And pretty much with any house, I always recommend to all of my clients to get a radon test. And what radon is, is this gas. You can't see it. You can't smell it. But it's this gas that comes up from the earth underneath our houses here in Nashville. And it's poisonous. People have had lung cancer from this radon and they have no idea they're living in their house for 50 years and they're breathing in this poisonous gas and it causes all of these different health issues. And so radon is a huge deal, but a lot of people are like, oh, I can't see it. It's probably fine. Definitely something to be concerned with because it can affect your health and affect the people in your house and the pets in your house. Um, So what you do is you get a radon test and they basically test the air quality within your home. And if your radon levels are higher than a level four, that means it needs to be mitigated. And there are companies in Nashville that will come out and mitigate it. But basically, what they do is they will seal your crawl space to make sure that the air that's coming up from the earth doesn't sit inside of your house. Encapsulating your crawl space is a great way to deal with radon, but if you have a vapor barrier, you can get some sort of radon mitigation system in your crawl space to get that air away from your house so you're not breathing it in while you sleep and while you cook and things like that. So if you're already living in a home and you didn't test for radon and you live in Tennessee, might be a good thing as a Christmas present to invest in is get your radon test 
said, make sure that you're protecting your family and your animals in your house. Um, so that's something we deal with here in Nashville. And that's something that your inspector will definitely check out. Yeah. It's really interesting. We do air quality tests sometimes, um, for homes that have either been flooded, which is a lot of homes in Houston, or just if it's really moist because we get mold. Oh. And so sometimes I'll recommend people get an air quality test to make sure that they're not going to breathe in harmful mold. Smart. And then it's crazy that you mentioned the basements. You know, we don't have any basements in Houston. Wow. I've seen one house in the basement. Wow. Why is that? Because we're at sea level. And so if you start digging, you'll just get water. Uh, wow, interesting. Yeah, so we also have a lot of foundation issues. And in fact, I tell clients that if you're in a house that's older than about 40 years old and it hasn't had foundation repairs, it's something that's probably coming up. I mean, it's a swamp here. People don't know that. Wow. But we're in a swamp. So it, the ground swells and shrinks and swells and shrinks. So we have a lot of foundation problems. Too. Wow, good to know. Yeah, we don't have as much of that in Nashville unless you are on some sort of hill. But a foundation is definitely something that an inspector would look at, and they would look for any sort of cracking or any evidence that the foundation is moving or is compromised in any way. So yeah, that's a that is something to me again that would be a red flag. Is anything concerning your foundation? Water is like the number one enemy for houses, and making sure that water isn't coming in through your foundation because again, that can cause cracking, that can cause mold. I would say, would you agree? Mold is another one where I'm like, if you have mold in your house, that is a hard thing. Like unless you can really figure out where the water is coming from, cut off the water source and replace anything that was damaged. It can be a very expensive fix. Yeah. Redoing sheetrock potentially like, yeah, I don't even know how you would fix the wood in some cases. Yeah. It's a big no, no. Yeah. And especially black mold. So if you're looking at an inspection report and you see mold on there, definitely something to figure out. So that would be another red flag in my book, but everything else to me and Avery, you can tell me what your experience is. To me, I always tell all of my clients, no matter what it is, if it's not one of those red flag things for the most part, it's fixable. It can be fixed. The question is how much is it going to cost to fix and how is this really going to affect you living in the house? For example, a lot of houses in Nashville have original wood windows, which I love. The problem is they're not that great at insulating. They do have water intrusion issues, but it might be one of those things where it's like, yeah, these are old and original, or maybe they're from the 60s or 70s. Should they be replaced at some point? Probably. I personally am willing to live with that. I'd rather keep the original windows, maybe get them um, refinished at some point so they're insulated a little bit better, um, replace anything that's rotted. But I'd rather keep the original stuff intact and deal with other things like plumbing issues or electrical issues or roof issues. Um, so just because something is on a report doesn't mean it has to get fixed right away. I think a lot of buyers see like, oh my gosh, everything's on here. I can't buy it. This report is 40 pages long. Well, just because it's on the report, the, the, the inspector is pointing it out for a reason. So you, you are aware of it, but it doesn't mean that you have to fix it right away. Mm -hmm. And most inspectors have a code within their report where if it's a level red, that's something they think, yes, you need to fix this right away. If it's a level yellow, it's something you need to be aware of and keep your eye on, but not going to threaten you in any way. And then there are items that are green where it's like, hey, this is just something good to know, but it's totally fine and it's working properly. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say focusing on those red items for sure and yellow items as well. Um, but knowing what they are and, and knowing that you don't need to be afraid of those things. You just need to be aware of them and do the facts and, um, and get your facts and understand what it's going to cost to fix and, and how long it will take. 
So for instance, like in Nashville, I remember I had one house um, in this area called Germantown, which again, kind of like you, Avery, it was a new construction. It's called an HPR where they build two houses on one lot. A lot of people call them tall and skinnies, <laughs> but I was, I was the buyer's agent and my buyer was buying this house. We were under contract and my inspector went through and it was built in like 2012. So it was not very old at the time. I think it was like eight years old. And he goes, Jess, this house has been so neglected that almost every single item on this report is a red item. And all of these things altogether individually aren't that expensive, but because there are so many of them, it's going to cost probably around fifty dollars to $60,000 just to get this house livable again and in good shape. Uh, we ended up walking away because that seller was not willing to budge on the price. And I didn't want my client to have to immediately basically tear up most of this brand new house. So just some important things to think about um, that it might not be that each item is very expensive, but if you have a lot of right items, that's something to really consider. What are some things in Houston in your market, Avery, that would be considered the most expensive fixes that if you get this on your inspection report, you're like, oh, that's going to, that's going to be a $5,000 plus fix. What are those things for you guys down there? So, I mean, the biggest concern that people have, I would say when looking at a new house and looking at their inspection reports is the AC especially if they're looking in the summer because Houston gets so flippin' hot, uh, you need your AC to be working. It's actually a health and, health and safety issue if your AC is not working. And to get a new AC system, depending on the size of your house, is anywhere from 6000 to like $30,000 if you're having multiple units that need to be replaced. So I always tell my homeowners, make sure you're getting that AC serviced because I don't think people realize that you need to service your AC every year to have someone just come out, kind of do a tune-up. And then when we're dealing with home inspections and the AC is at the end of life, which is language that you'll see a lot of times on an inspection report, just making sure that it's cooling properly at the time when you buy the house and making sure that you keep your home warranty up to date because a home warranty will actually help with the cost of replacing an AC. So if you're buying a home with an older AC, I would say always make sure you have a home warranty. Is it common in Nashville for the sellers to cover a portion, like a give a home warranty allowance? Yeah, so um, if it's a new build, they're required to give a one-year limited warranty mm -hmm. no matter what if it's a brand new home. But if it's not a brand new home, there are like extended home warranties. Some companies are, and I'm, you've probably seen advertises, advertisements for them, but American Home Shield. Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty. Uh, I use Old Republic Home Warranty. Oh, yeah. Old Republic. Yeah. So there's, there's different companies out there. There's American Home Shield. There's um, Old Republic. And what was that other one, Avery? Choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Choice Home Warranty. So they're different companies. You can look and see what their services cover. But yeah, if it's not a brand new home, that's always an option is instead of negotiating for repairs, which I would love to talk about that next is the negotiation part, mm -hmm. um, which is one of my favorite parts of being a realtor is negotiating. That is something that you can ask for the seller to pay for. So instead of saying, hey, I want you to fix the roof. I want you to fix these things. You could say, you know what? Things are in relatively good shape. Why don't you just pay for a home warranty? In Nashville, it's usually around $500 to $800 depending on the square footage of the house for a year. And that covers you. If something were to go wrong, instead of you calling a handyman, um, if it's covered under that warranty, you would call that warranty company. They've got like a service phone number, customer service phone number. And you could say, hey, I'm having problems with my fridge or my washer and dryer or whatever it is, um, your hot water heater. And they would come out and if it's covered under that warranty, they would fix it. I personally, I'm not a huge fan of home warranty companies because I feel like a lot of homeowners 
don't deal with the first issues within the first year. It's like the second year and the third year where after they've lived in it for a while, they're using all the toilets, they're using their showers, they're using their dishwasher, and that's when things kind of start to break down. And a lot of new appliances have a quick shelf life. I've lived in my house for a year and a half and I already had to replace my dishwasher panel. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I feel like my grandmother's dishwasher from the 50s is still working just fine and it really gets the hard spaghetti sauce off the plates. And I'm like, what is happening to our quality in America? Come on, guys. So yeah, I feel like home warranty companies can be hit or miss. You definitely want to make sure it covers the stuff that you're concerned about. But there are some some things like if your HVAC is 15 years old and you get a home warranty, it might be that you could get a really great deal and maybe something happens with your HVAC and all of a sudden you get a brand new unit for way cheaper because you had that home warranty company. So it's kind of like buying insurance for your car or extra insurance or an extra warranty for your car. You just don't know if you're gonna need it or not. I'd rather use that $500 to $800 to use a handyman for something I know is wrong. That's just me, I'm extremely frugal. And so I'm like, I just don't know what I'm getting with paying for this warranty. Um, but that is something to think about. So let's go ahead and get into negotiations. So let's say you're a homeowner, you love this house, you get your home inspection report back and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know all this stuff was going on. I didn't know the seller wasn't cleaning out their gutters and now there's all this water intrusion in the foundation. First thing you need to do is take a deep breath. And the second thing you need to do is call your realtor because your realtor has seen it all and they will help you and go through this report and say, yes, that's something I've seen before. We can definitely get that taken care of. I know a guy that can be out there in two days after you close and it'll get taken care of in three hours. Or they might say, oh, I've not seen something like that before. Let's get an expert on the scene and get somebody at the house to, to really confirm what this inspector has seen. Um, for me, I've got a couple people in my tool belt. One of them is a contractor I've worked with for years and he's just a straight shooter and he's come through houses and he's been like, you know what? That inspector is saying that, but I think if you just do this, this, or this, it'll be a quick fix and we'll actually take care of the problem over time. And it's not really something to be scared about. So I always like getting a second opinion, but let's say you go through that report and you say, okay, out of these 30 items, these 10 are pretty big deals and I do need to make sure they get taken care of or I'm not gonna feel comfortable buying this home. That is when you get ready to negotiate. And this is called the um, repair proposal period. It's not the resolution period yet. This is still within your inspection period, at least in Tennessee, the way it works is within your inspection period, that is your time to figure out everything that's wrong with the house, figure out all the issues and get any second opinions that you need. If you have foundation issues, um, like Avery was talking about in Houston, maybe you get a structural engineer out to the house or a foundation repair company to really look at the house itself and say, hey, in order for this to get fixed, it's gonna cost $8,000 and get a quote. Any facts you can get, that will be ammo in your belt for when you go to the seller and say, hey, we've, we've inspected and we've gotten professionals to come look at it and here's what they're saying it's gonna cost. And this is all stuff you probably should have fixed while you were living in the home or considered when you priced your home that you knew it was gonna need to get taken care of eventually. So this negotiation period happens within your inspection period. And basically you powwow with your realtor to figure out what's the most important thing to you and how do you think your seller is going to respond? You always got to think about the other side of the transaction when you're negotiating. So maybe that seller's agent priced the house really well and you know that you're already getting a really good deal on the house. So maybe you only ask for a couple things because you don't want to rock the boat too much because if you don't come to an agreement, your contract will be terminated. You have to come to an agreement. Is that how it is down in Houston, Avery? Yeah, you have to come to an agreement before the end of your option period. And But there's a few different ways. You can either have them do the repairs, right? or give you money to do the repairs yourself after closing. 
Exactly. That's how it works here too. So you can get a, a credit from the seller or you can have them fix stuff before you move in. So for us, you would basically figure out where are we at already and how much do I think I can get out of the seller? If I'm representing the buyer, my goal is to get the best deal possible for my buyer. So what can I, every penny, how much can I pinch out of the seller to make sure that my buyer's in the best position possible when they move into their house? Mm -hmm. And that's where we just get brownie points as buyer's agents is just going to war for our clients. So when you are working with buyers, for me, I'm always like, where, where's this seller at and how much have they given us already? Maybe they're paying for all of our closing costs already. And maybe they've given us 10 grand off the purchase price and they gave us the closing date that we asked for. They've already given us a lot. So maybe we're going to go a little bit easier on them. And we always approach negotiating in a kind and respectful way. So we're always like, Hey, we so appreciate everything you've already given us. We're so excited about the house. Here are the things we found that are concerning to us. And let's figure out how we can meet in the middle or get these things taken care of. Maybe you gave that seller their asking price and that seller isn't paying for any of your closing costs and you really bent over backwards to make them live in the house for free after closing for a month and doing temporary occupancy, which we'll have to talk about in another episode because probably most of you don't know what that is. But maybe you've already you've already given the seller a lot and so this is your chance to kind of get a little bit of a deal. And so I would say, hey, there are 10 items on this list that really concern us. I want all of these taken care of or we won't be able to move forward. This is also a really good heart check for our buyers of like, how much do you love this house? Because if the seller doesn't agree to this stuff, are you still willing to buy it? So going through this list with your realtor will really tell you like, at the end of the day, I want the house and I will fix some of these things after I move in. It's okay. Or it might be like, I'm actually really freaking out right now. Maybe this isn't the right house for me. And maybe instead of sending a repair proposal, we need to send a termination document, getting our earnest money back and moving on and finding a different house. So this part of the negotiating process is also a heart check and a gut check of like, does this buyer want this house and do they feel comfortable moving in? Because the seller might agree to everything. And you might be like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And now I'm buying this house, I guess. And they're going to fix everything. But like, how do I know they're going to fix it right? And so this is a really important part for the buyer to consider where they're at. But let's say you are in love with the house and you're ready to move forward and you're picturing yourself cooking in that kitchen and you can't wait to make it yours, but you really are afraid of the things happening on this inspection report, you do need to decide, okay, am I going to ask the seller to fix all of these things with their contractors and under their eye, their watchful eye, or would I rather them give me the money it's going to take to fix these things so I can manage it and I can make sure I'm vetting the best plumber possible and I see what he's done to actually fix the issue and I've watched him make the repair. I usually, for the most part, always recommend to buyers to ask for the repair credit because you just don't know if they're hiring some Joe Schmo that just got his plumbing license yesterday or contractor's license yesterday, or if they're using someone who's super reputable and warranties their work. So I always recommend a credit and I usually always add cushions. So if I get a quote back for repairs and it's, you know, let's say $8,500 to get all this stuff taken care of, I'm probably going to ask for $15,000 and hope that we land at 82. Avery, do you do the same thing down in Houston? Oh, yeah. I mean, you always kind of want to over ask so that you can end up where you really need to be. So one thing that happens a lot here in Houston is roofs need to be replaced. The Houston climate is really hard on roofs. We have a lot of hail damage. Well, a lot of buyers know that their insurance company is going to help them cover a roof down the line if there's a hail event but maybe asking for the full price of that roof so that we have a little bit of extra money to kind of cover some of the other issues around the home. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And I feel like that's another reason why choosing the right realtor is super important because 
a realtor that's local in your area will know like, oh, that's already covered if something goes wrong. And they'll be able to kind of go to bat for you in a way stronger stance because they're like, I just did three of those last month and these all had issues and they just have more knowledge. And knowledge and wisdom and experience is so vital when you're negotiating because you're really fighting with that other realtor. And if that other realtor doesn't know jack jiggly squat about roof repairs or repairs in general, it's gonna be way easier to negotiate because you're just gonna look like the genius. So that is always how you wanna make sure when you're vetting your realtor, make sure you use a realtor that really knows what they're doing and knows how to handle the inspection items. I always tell my clients, I've worked for builders, I've worked for contractors, I've done everything that you can imagine when it comes to repairing a house, and I know what things cost just like that for the most part. Now, obviously, I'm not a contractor, so it's I can't say, oh, you know, lumber prices went up this much, so I'm always ballparking. But it is nice to be able to say to the other agent, hey, I've worked on foundations like this before, and this guy's quoting this much, but it's going to cost a lot more in time and energy and resources. So that's why we're asking for 20 grand instead of 15 grand, because it's not just about what that guy says, but there are a lot of unknowns that come up when you actually start digging into the ground. Like, oh, we didn't know there was a gas line right here. Now it's going to be $2,500 just to move gas line. So things come up. And so that's why it's important to ask for cushion. But maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I just want the house done and I've got a really busy schedule. I've got three kids. I don't have time to find a plumber. I just need things to be done. If you do ask the seller to make repairs, an option for you would be to have that inspector come back to the house after the seller has made those repairs to inspect the work and to make sure that it has integrity. So if they do all the yes, yeah, if they do all the plumbing repairs, if they fix the HVAC, if they do anything that you've asked them to do, you can send that inspector back and say, okay, you are an expert on this. I'm not. Can you please go make sure that everything looks okay before I move in with my kids? Um, so that's always an option. And an inspector usually has a reinspection fee um, in Nashville around $100 to $150 is pretty typical. And that's the cheapest insurance you can get, guys. So it's definitely worth it. Get an expert on your side and um, make sure he's thorough and you can always have him go back and check things out later. That's actually a really good point, Jessica, because I have a lot of buyers who are like, okay, I have to get an inspection. Like, who's the cheapest inspector you know? And my response is always, this is not where we're saving money. (laughs) It's... You'd rather spend $1,000 on the best inspector in town, find out there's nothing wrong with the house, okay, great, than hire a less expensive inspector who maybe doesn't do as thorough of a report and then find out after the fact that there are a bunch of issues that he missed. 100%. Because at the end of the day, an inspector is a human. Humans make mistakes. Things are going to come up. And you really want someone who maybe they're still human, but they've been doing this a long time and they're going to really know what they're talking about. And I think that is a a great point in that you definitely want to make sure that who you're using is quality. And I remember one time I had an inspection company that I'd worked with for a long time. I don't work with them anymore, but they sent out their rookie inspector who's very young and Lord bless him. He was just doing the best he could, but he missed a huge issue. There was an indoor pool in this house and the back right front wall, I'm sorry, the front right wall was, was sinking. Um, which was causing a breakage in the pool lining and was going to be like a huge fix. I think it was upwards of like $80,000 to fix this issue. And he missed it. And it wasn't until I got um, a pool guy out there to go inspect the pool that he's like, did you know that like this whole foundation wall right here is is moving and sinking and it's going to cause this whole room to be basically useless? Um, You're going to have to tear it all out. And I'm like, this is the number one thing my buyers loved about the house 
And now it's going to be something that's going to take all of their savings out of their pocket if they buy it. And so that's why you want to use an inspector. And that hundred extra dollars you may have used to use that inspector is worth it if you're going to save $80,000 down the road. So yeah, great point, Avery. I definitely think using someone who is very professional and comes highly recommended by your realtor and has great reviews online is very important. Okay. So what else, what else do we need to tell? If, if you're listening to this podcast and you've gone through all this, thank you for, um, for keeping up with us at this point. I know it's kind of a lot of information. What else would you want to look out for? Yeah. I mean, inspections are a lot of information, right? And I think that's why it's really important to have a realtor that if they're not going to attend your inspection, they know the inspector really well. They know how to read that type of report really well. And they know the neighborhood and things that are common for the houses in that neighborhood. Um, Like in Houston with foundations. I mean, if you have a realtor who maybe hasn't dealt with a lot of older homes, doesn't know that foundations in Houston shift and actually a house that's already had foundation repairs is amazing because you get that lifetime warranty usually. Making sure that you have someone that knows how to decipher all of that information on inspection is huge because they're scary. Inspection reports, they're all like marked up. I mean, it looks crazy. It does. Yeah, for sure. I also think you brought up a great point that going in person to an inspection is always an option. And I think a lot of buyers don't know that. A lot of realtors don't go to home inspections. It's usually the realtor's choice if they attend or not. Um, But you are the customer. You're the one paying for this service to be done. And at the end of the day, you're the one potentially paying for these repairs to get done. And so because of that, you have every right to attend your home inspection. When that inspector comes to the house, it is your right to go and be there. And the nice thing about that is sometimes inspections do take a while. I always recommend that you attend at the tail end so the inspector can say, hey, I'm about to wrap up. Here's everything I've found so far. Let me show it to you. And there's a huge difference of seeing something in person versus seeing something online. Hello, online dating. Just for an analogy. But when you go and actually see something in person, you're like, oh, actually, it wasn't that bad once I was in person and I saw what he was talking about in the basement where there's water coming down under the bathroom. It's a slow drip. It's an easy thing to fix. We just got to tighten a few things upstairs. That's way easier to digest versus seeing something on paper and saying, hey, there's water coming in through the basement um, from the upstairs bathroom. You're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is the worst house ever. (laughs) Um, Versus seeing it in person, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. I think I can fix that with a wrench. Um, if, yeah. when my grandpa comes over. So going to the inspection in person, it will help you a lot. And it will help you just to lay eyes and understand a lot of stuff. A lot of fear comes from just misunderstanding. Uh, but once you understand what's really going on at the house and you could see it for your own eyes, you'll really get to decide from there, okay, no, I saw this and this is a big issue for me. And I definitely want my realtor to negotiate this to get fixed before I move in or to get paid for. And again, it's just extra vetting for you. Yeah, inspectors too at least in Houston, at the end of an inspection, they'll do a verbal summary and they'll be like, hey, you're going to see this, this, and this on the report. Those aren't the big deals. These are the big deals. And they'll kind of go through the major points of the inspection with you verbally. That way, when you look at the report, you know exactly, okay, he marked this. That's because it's not up to 2022 code, but it's working fine. And that's another great point is things that are up to code. Let's talk about that for a second. If you've heard that before, like, oh, that's not to code, that's not to code. What is the code? We'll tell you what the code is. Your city and whatever you're zoned for, for instance, in Nashville and Davidson County, we have a set 
um, that Metro puts together of their building codes. And when you're building a house, you have to abide by those codes or they will not give you what's called a certification of occupancy, which is basically your golden ticket to say, yes, a human can live here. It's built to code. In Nashville, codes change every year. So you definitely want to make sure that your, your inspector's in line with what is up to code and what the new code guidelines are. Just like we were talking about with radon, there's actually new codes of builders and things they have to do to already build in a radon mitigation system in the house because it was causing so many issues. So the codes usually every year get updated. But if you're building a house, you need to build a code and home inspectors throughout the build, um, Metro has a set of building inspectors that when you're building a house, they have to come out there and approve your framing and approve your electrical and approve your HVAC system to make sure it's up to their code. So when an inspector goes to a house, he might say, hey, based on the current codes, this house was built in the 70s. There's very different codes in the 70s. But based on what the codes are now, these things are not up to code. For instance, um, my, my grandmother's house, her stairs are definitely not up to code. But also, did you know that people's feet were smaller in the 1800s? <laughs> they were. Um, so the stair treads are only, you know, 10 inches long. Where now I think they're like almost 12 inches. And so, yeah, it's not up to code. But do the stairs work fine? Yes. Just because something's not up to code mm -hmm. means that you have to fix it. Now, there are certain things that they're like, no, this is not up to code and it's dangerous. That's why we have these codes in places. We want to make sure that you're safe inside the house. We do not want your two-year-old's head to get stuck within these newel posts in your staircase. So that's why we have certain codes. Um, so there, you need to know the difference of like, is this going to affect the way I live in the house and is this dangerous? Or is this something I can totally live with and I don't mind that my heels hang off the stair steps when I go up to my attic? So there's different things. A fun part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are other things too. Like in Nashville, we have a code where if you've got like a porch, for example, and it's above 32 inches, they would say you need a railing because somebody can trip and fall and break their neck. I have some homeowners where they're like, yeah, I know that's up to code, but I like the view out of my front porch. And if I put a railing there, I'm not going to get to see it while I'm sitting down. So there's different things where you just have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and decide what's important to you. Anything um, for you, Avery, down in Houston, what are some certain codes that you guys have to deal with? We have some wind codes, especially if you go down further towards Galveston. Uh, just dealing, making sure that your roof and windows can deal with uh, higher winds that we get. Oh, interesting. But in kind of the Houston metro area, that's less of a thing. Although we do have wind events here mm. uh, that get kind of crazy. But just knowing kind of what kind of storm-related codes are important down here is... Wow. Yeah, and I'm sure like areas like Florida, I'm sure they've got different codes for hurricane mm -hmm. prevention and things like that. We don't have any of that up here. So making sure your roof shingles are of a certain grade, I don't even know. Yeah, I think that just goes to our point that like where you live changes what's important to your house and the structure of your house. I feel like we've covered so much already and there's still so much we could talk about. I'm going to go ahead and try and wrap us up because I feel like we might just have a a 2.0, episode 2.0 of Home Inspections. But I would say moral of the story is make sure you are relying on your realtor's advice when looking at home inspection reports and that you're using a very reputable home inspector and somebody that has a great reputation. And to just remember that everything can be fixed. It's just a matter of how much is it going to cost? And is it something that you're willing to live with or not live with? And make sure you have a realtor that's going to negotiate on your behalf to make sure that your needs are being met. Am I forgetting anything, Avery? No, I think that covers it. I mean, I could talk about inspections forever. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every realtor at the end of our podcast. If you were to give one piece of advice to a future homeowner, one nugget, what would it be? So my biggest advice for new homeowners would be to make sure that, you know, your house doesn't have to be perfect, but make sure that the work that it needs and the, the repairs that it needs 
are affordable to you or able for you to DIY so that you get to enjoy your home and you're not just in there doing one repair after another, one DIY after another. Make sure that your home works for you and your family now. I love that. I think that's super important. Um, we talk about that in other episodes of like, there are different reasons why you buy a house. And for some of you, it might be, I just want to enjoy my house and I want to live somewhere that I'm happy about. Maybe you've been in an apartment that has no natural light for the last six years. And you're like, I just want a garden inside my house. Um, so make sure you're enjoying your home and make sure that these repairs aren't things that are going to truly affect you living in the house, but it's something that's functional for you and makes your life a little bit easier and not harder. Yeah. You want it to feel like an upgrade when you move in a new house. You know, you want to feel like proud and excited to live there. I love that. I think that's great. Avery, thank you so much for giving us your wisdom on today's episode. And we've so appreciated all the things you've taught us. And yeah, I love having you a part of the How to Buy a House Network. If any of you listening to this are in the Houston area, Avery Bullock is our How to Buy a House teacher of Houston. So if you are enjoying this podcast and you're interested in one day buying a home, you can attend any of Avery's classes around town. Um, you can go to our website and check out her dates and her future classes and you can sign up. And if you are looking for a realtor, of course, Avery would love to work with any of you future home buyers. Um, she is incredible. She is a rock star in the Houston area. And um, you can definitely reach her. Avery, what's your Instagram handle if you want to give, have people follow you? Yeah, it's um, at AveryBullock.compass. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the episode today. And we will talk to you soon. Yay. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Talk to you later. Stay tuned for more episodes from the How to Buy a House class. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the How to Buy a House class. You can also email us. Yes, we still use email and we would love to connect to you that way as well. You can reach us directly at hello at howtobuyahouseclass.com. And I also would love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jess Lou Randolph. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening and God bless you.